0: Good American patriots and all of you who are seeking truth and honesty and who are trying to figure out how the world is going, particularly in America. You know, as tensions in America do continue to grow, we sometimes really find ourselves feeling rather overwhelmed and serious and intense. And those emotions can become incapacitating over time. If you don't take a little break once in a while, think about the emotions you've experienced just in the last week from day to day. One day you might be feeling just dismayed or confused or fearful. You might be wondering how the next election is going to come out and you feel overwhelmed because you are feeling powerless. And that sometimes makes us feel pretty angry and pretty hopeless and sometimes pretty angry. Well, I feel like it's time to take a little walk on the lighter side. And since I am down here in Arizona now spending time with my two daughters and with my one-year-old grandson, I have actually been trying to do just that. It's not always easy, but... I recently started um, teaching my one-year-old son a little bit about music, and a little tune came into my head, and it goes like this. I'll whistle it for you. Well, that's the tune to Yankee Doodle Dandy, and... As I got that tune in my head and I started whistling it, uh, suddenly I was by a piano and I was playing that tune for my grandson. And then I actually sang the first stanza and the chorus. And that goes like this. Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. It's a great song. And the chorus. Yankee Doodle, keep it up. Yankee Doodle dandy. Mind the music and the step and with the girls be handy. Now, doesn't that have a catchy tune? Um, my grandson loved it, actually. He seems to really like beat. And you know, it's beat that makes music so powerful, so good. And when you get a beat in your head, sometimes it just doesn't want to go away. And this was several days ago when this happened. And ever since that time, I keep on hearing this tune in my head over and over again. And it led me to really start thinking about the meaning of that song. Now, some of you might not even be aware of that song. Some of you may not know it even existed. But if you're a little bit older Chances are you've heard it somewhere along the line. There have been literally hundreds and hundreds of stanzas that have been written and rewritten, redesigned for this tune, and it's believed that the jingle was actually long ago used um, in Great Britain as a way of mocking certain people, such as even Oliver Cromwell. But um, until you really understand the history of that tune, um, you're missing out on an awful lot, and it might actually be an encouragement to you. However, if you go through history and try to get at the origins of the Yankee Doodle Dandy tune... You realize it was anything but a tune to build people up. It was, in fact, a tune that was designed to be a mockery of certain people, and one of those actually was Oliver Cromwell. The tune became very popular among the uh, British colonists or the British. Um, soldiers per per se, because as the friction was heating up between the American colonists and Great Britain, that tune was actually the most popular British rallying chant of their day. And right now, it is actually a well-known patriotic song, and even an American nursery rhyme. Although, as I said, perhaps not very well known, the tune is actually the state anthem of the state of Connecticut. And I actually wonder how many people from Connecticut even know that the song became popular when it originated in its most common version before the seven years war. And actually before the revolutionary war, supposedly it was written by an Englishman during the French and Indian war in 1755. Although I have to tell you, the more I dug into the history of this, um, I realized that this could have been written even hundreds of years before that, but we really don't know. The background uh, is legend and we'll never understand fully where it originated from, but it was a very catchy tune. And it actually was the battle cry initially of the British soldiers. And by the end of the Revolutionary War, because of the impact that this song actually had, On the American soldiers and colonists, it actually became the battle cry of these soldiers, and it was sung with the greatest vigor by the colonial soldiers as General Cornwallis formally surrendered at Yorktown, Virginia, on that very important date of October 19th, 1781, when we achieved victory and full independence from Great Britain. We actually have modern lyrics that were written for this song uh, for numerous Broadway performances in the United States and globally. And so virtually everybody has at least heard of this tune. But anyway, I thought it'd be fun to kind of take a look at those words and actually analyze the words so that you will understand what this tune meant. Because there is something that we need to realize, and that is that a bunch of Yankee doodle dandies actually won the Revolutionary War. And so I want you to walk away today with a full meaning of that tune so that you understand what impact it might even have in our present day. Well, let's take a little leap back in history and realize that as the friction was heating up between the American colonists and Great Britain, the tune was actually the most popular British rallying chant of its day. And now it has actually become a well-known patriotic song in a nursery rhyme even, although perhaps it's not so well-known now, but it had a great impact on these people. The words Yankee Doodle Dandy Um, has some very significant and interesting lyrics. Now, everybody in America has probably heard the term Yankee, but realize that the word Yankee, when it was used a long time ago, referred to Americans, and it was a very derogatory uh, term. In fact, uh, any soldiers who have traveled abroad may have actually been shouted the words Yankee go home. In other words, American, we don't want you here. You're not popular with us. So the term Yankee is in general just a derogatory term for being an American. And then the word doodle is defined as actually a fool or a patsy, a simpleton who is of very lowly status. A doodle has no significance whatsoever in society, has no impact on anyone. A doodle just exists in their own tiny little world, having no influence on anybody. And then the word dandy actually referred to a meticulously well-dressed man in British Society. Think of the movie Sense and Sensibility, for example. When you see the men in that type of a show in that setting, they were very well dressed, um, ornately dressed, and uh, wearing wigs, fancy garb that puffed them up, made them feel like they were very, very important. And so a Yankee Doodle Dandy was a complete mockery of the image of your typical American colonist. It was purely an insult. And when you read that the Yankee Doodle Dandy went to town riding on a pony, this was seen again as a mockery in contrast to the British soldiers who were perhaps riding stallions, these large powerful war horses, whereas the Yankee Doodles had only a little pony. And then they mocked the Americans further by stating that they stuck a feather in their hat, you know, their three-cornered hat, and they called it macaroni. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, when you stick a feather in your hat, they were suggesting that they were trying to elevate their status. They're trying to make themselves feel perhaps a little bit more important But the British was mocking them because they saw it as a presumed attempt by the lowly colonists to actually look more refined. And they called that feather macaroni. Now, what does that mean? Well, macaroni, we know what macaroni is in this day and age, but way back then it was a new and exotic Italian food introduced into England. And they actually had a thing called macaroni clubs. Uh, I would envision that as being kind of like a a high-class yacht club of today, a place where you had to be of great status just to enter. The macaroni clubs were regarded as, as the highest station in fashionable pomp. To be macaroni, in other words, was to be actually high society, debonair, sophisticated, even though they were later ridiculed for their effeminate qualities associated with that style of dress and the behavior of the dandies themselves. They were actually later regarded as almost a neutral gender. In other words, are these guys really men or are they women or are they something in between? They didn't really know, but the dandies themselves, the macaroni, thought they were really something and the British thought they were really something when they decided it was time to put the American colonists in their place for wanting to rebel against great Britain and not pay taxes. as I was singing the song, I thought perhaps it's a song that maybe we should start singing again. Because if you really think about it, the parallels of our present time and the time of the first American Revolution are really uncanny. Think back then, look at the British soldiers who were so polished, so well-dressed, so highly trained and confident. And these soldiers regarded the New England Continental Army as completely undisciplined, completely unskilled. They were nothing more than filthy, dirty, impoverished ragtags who had no chance whatsoever in defeating the world's greatest army and naval force of that era. And yet the colonists chose to do this. How stupid could they be? That's what was going through the mind of the Brits. They considered the average American patriot to be plainly stupid, foolish patsies. They were a laughingstock, a hopeless and senseless underdog that just didn't know any better. It was kind of disparaging to the colonists, I'm sure. After all, the colonial rabble rousers were regarded as irrational troublemakers. They were completely misguided in everything that they stood for. And it didn't matter who you were or what you were or what your background was, because remember, a lot of these colonists had been leaders and people of renown back in, the, in Great Britain. In a very real way, the colonial figureheads, such as Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, John Adams... And Benjamin Franklin and all those great national founding fathers, they were deep thinkers. And they were being pacified and condescended to, and yes, even censored by the British, King George III, and his cabinet. The British notion that the American colonists were of no consequence was perhaps not unfounded. The colonists were very untrained. They were struggling just to exist on the new frontier. They were undernourished. They were struggling to get enough food. They were very poorly clothed. They had very limited arms and ammunition. These colonists were outclassed in every single way when compared to the British soldiers, except perhaps in human spirit. So it's not at all surprising that the British generals scorned and ridiculed the Minutemen and the militia and the Continental Army. Frankly, looking at the facts, they were no contest for the British military. But try to imagine hearing this song being sung about you. Try to imagine as an American colonial what that must have felt like when you are bearing the brunt of British jokes and repeatedly hearing this song sung in your face as a mockery. Have you ever been the target of such ridicule and insults? Remember back in high school or in grade school when somebody said you weren't pretty enough, you didn't have the right shoes or the right clothing or perhaps you weren't rich enough, weren't pretty enough, weren't strong enough. You didn't have what it takes, and you were put down. That must have hurt an awful lot, because it always hurts to be put down. Have you forgotten those feelings? Or have those feelings been rekindled recently? Because isn't it the same way that conservatives are being treated nowadays by these leftist elites? Do they not consider us, the conservatives, to be just a bunch of chumps? Aren't we just Yankee doodle dandies trying to get it right, pretending that we can stand up against these rebels of the left? What effect has that had on you? Do you feel insulted or do you feel intimidated? Do they actually frighten you because of it, or do you get angry? You know, whatever your feelings are, I think everything would be appropriate here. Everyone wants to feel like they matter to someone, that their vote counts, that they have something to say and something to offer. But when you are mocked, when you are censored, And being and when you're told that your words don't matter, and then when you are canceled, made to be of no significance, fired from a job because you didn't take a jab, all of a sudden you realize how much rejection actually hurts. Oppression hurts us, it cuts us to the quick. And eventually, when you feel hurt as a human being, that hurt leads to secondary emotions. And I'm sure if I were to ask you, point blank, what is the most common secondary emotion, you would probably guess what that is. It is anger. And that is exactly what's happening in the United States today since And ever since the pandemic was declared, that anger seems to be building. And one thing we can say for sure, we certainly aren't building back better. So perhaps figuratively, maybe both sides are already singing the Yankee Doodle Dandy song. Oh, yeah, let me be honest with you. I often feel angry. But some days I wake up feeling very sad, sometimes feeling almost a little depressed. Like, I don't want to believe that America is going down the path that it's going. I read of all the horrors of things that are happening in our country. The devastation to our children. We have, as adults have no idea of what the impact of wearing a mask to school every day causes in a child's world where they cannot read facial expressions. I am telling you, this is going to have a very strong psychological and eventually social impact on this country. And wherever children are masked, they will pay a price psychologically makes me want to sing a song. Can you think of some lyrics right now that you might actually script for a new Yankee Doodle song? All kinds of things would come to mind. And depending on what my emotions are that day, I might come up with a different stanza for every single day. Yankee Doodle went to bed worrying about the COVID. Took the shot because they said. And didn't look at Ovid. Ovid, by the way, is the world's most trusted medical research platform. So they claim. Well, what about a chorus? Yankee doodle, keep it up. Yankee doodle, dandy. Mind fraud, Fauci, and the rest. And with the left, be candy. Yeah, it makes me angry. I think I'm on a roll. I mean, think of another stanza went to work without my shot, forgot my facial diaper, didn't think this through at all, and now I pay the piper, and then on it goes with a new stanza. Okay, so it's working. I'm actually getting ramped up here, and I wanted to be a little bit more laid back. I just don't make feeling angry Things are happening so quickly in America that it's actually very hard to comprehend. I mean, it's happening so fast. Uh, It's very difficult to put together a full picture of what's going on. But some very terrible things are going on. And you and I, if we cannot even define it and detail it, everybody can feel it. Everybody, even on the right and on the left and everywhere, in between. We know that something isn't right. Anybody with a logical thinking brain realizes using common sense, using some soundness of reason, realizes that we Americans are being deceived. First of all, we are being ridiculed. We are being played. We are made to be confused and if we begin to try and oppose it or question the narrative by these elites what do they do to us yankee doodle went to town riding on a pony stuck a feather in their hat and called it macaroni well that's exactly what's happening to us They ridicule us. They mock us. They think that they have the bag in hand. They are the hunter and we are the prey. And they think they have bagged us because they are powerful. They are well-dressed. Look, when you compare the odds between the American patriot And the un American Marxist, socialist, communist leadership, they have us because they so heavily overpower us with social media. They own MSM, they own virtually every social media platform. Now, the poor little American patriots, oh, they've tried. They have One America News Network, don't they? They have Newsmax, and perhaps they have a lot of really tiny, rinky-dink little platforms that really think they're making a difference, but we the elites know what they are like. These people haven't a clue, and they're just a bunch of right-wing radicals. They don't know anything. And they mock us and they laugh at us. And that does have an effect on me. And I think it has an effect on you. And it does have an effect on they who are singing the Yankee Doodle song in the 21st century. It's an insult. Yes, something isn't right. And we need to figure it out. And I think that we will. And when we do, something is going to happen. Everybody's kind of speculating about what that something is and what it's going to be like. And that's what has kind of caused me to get more and more serious about this whole thing. But I want to be lighthearted today. And since I've sung a few stanzas of the Yankee Doodle song that has gotten me so ramped up, I'm going to take a short break right now, and then I'll be back to discuss the application of the Yankee Doodle Dandy tune and the Yankee Doodle Dandy philosophy, how it impacts you and me and them, and how we might even sing a new song back with you in Germany.
1: In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish, if you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
0: Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve to look on America Out Loud talk radio. Today, I have had to remind myself that a bunch of Yankee Doodle Dandies actually won the Revolutionary War. I had to take a little break because when you sing the Yankee Doodle Dandy tune, you actually do get fired up. I think it was a great song as a call to battle song as a rallying song and i've been suggesting that maybe we actually start to sing a new stanza of this song new versions of it yeah i've been getting riled up as i see what's happening to my country and the yankee doodle song has been rallying me since i started humming it well wasn't that the whole point of the song we know that something is not right in america Everybody knows that something has gone very, very wrong. Maybe if we took a little look at the applications uh, of the mockery of the ridicule that we have received from the left, in essence, them singing to us the Yankee Doodle Dandy song, calling us nothings, calling us wannabes, calling us people who are not with the times, Maybe if we just look at what's happened, we can get clear in our mind, a goal for us and something that we need to achieve. Look at what has happened in the medical field. We now have medical doctors and scientists who are actually fighting for truth, for truth in medicine, for sound medical practice. They are fighting both with words, fighting, trying to educate people and fighting by actually trying to resolve the problem that was created by some evil scientists in a Wuhan lab. We have Yankee doodle dandies, such as Dr. Robert Malone, who was one of the pioneers of messenger RNA vaccine technology. He is a man of great renown who has actually accomplished great things in his life But look at how he has been canceled and ridiculed. We have Dr. Satoshi Omura, who was one of the co-discoverers of ivermectin, a medicine that is now being called horse medicine. You've got to be kidding me. Ivermectin has saved millions and millions of lives as an antiparasitic. And it is well known beyond any doubt, based on sound medical experimentation that ivermectin has antiviral properties and does effectively treat and help to prophylax viral infections. But Dr. Omura has been canceled. He has been ridiculed. He has been silenced. We have the likes of Dr. Jaya Bhattacharya, an epidemiologist from Stanford who seriously questions the whole COVID narrative. We have many other doctors, Dr. Ryan Cole, for example, a pathologist from Boise, Idaho, who actually is revealing his findings, the serious harmful effects of the COVID shot. And this is all based on his actual scientific data sectioning samples of human tissue, staining it and putting it under a microscope and saying, look at the inflammation that has been caused by spike proteins in the gene juice injection. And what happens to him? He is now under attack by medical boards and by organized medicine because he has called His fellow physicians to task, saying what you are doing is completely unethical. When you ignore the rules of scientific inquiry, you are breaking the rules. We have the American frontline doctors who risk everything their reputation, their jobs, their careers. They risk it for what reason? To inform the world that early treatment for COVID actually does work very well. And what are the frontline doctors called? They are called radical, misinformers, propagandists. They are called clowns of medicine, people who are ridiculed because they don't know what they're talking about. They're a bunch of rogue physicians. But we, who have actually honestly evaluated and practiced the best science, do talk to each other. And we, like everyone else, is asking, why is this happening? We sometimes even live in denial because we just can't believe what's really going on. Now, most of you realize that I lost my medical license. It was initially suspended because I did not mask in my clinic because that's what the science said. Furthermore, I exposed the fact that I had treated COVID patients with 100% success. Why? Because when I treated these COVID patients, I got them in as soon as they called when they said they were feeling very sick. And... So have many other physicians. I only treated about 200 COVID patients before my license was suspended, but we have some frontline doctors who have treated thousands of COVID patients successfully. Do you know what the success of cure is for those who are treated early? The cure rate is virtually 100% if COVID is treated in the first week of symptoms, So keep that in mind, you who might get ill, because we are now in the cold and flu season. If you get sick, call a frontline doctor. If, as is likely to happen, your own primary physician or PA or nurse practitioner will refuse to treat you because they will tell you there is no effective treatment for COVID. And of course, that is a lie. Do not believe it because Treatment is extremely effective. I had 100% success. Other frontline doctors are claiming the same success after treating not hundreds but thousands of patients. Get early treatment, and it doesn't matter what your condition, you will get better. You will recover. You will heal. We have to realize that truth is important. Only the truth will make you free. And we have shown, we have demonstrated that even a man-made bioweapon, such as SARS-CoV-2, made in the Wuhan lab, is highly treatable. But despite our successes, despite our resolve, they still mock us. They mock us. They call us cowboys. They call us reckless and irresponsible practitioners They call us misinformers. They smear us, silence us, and try their best to destroy us. You see, in their eyes, we are the new Yankee Doodle Dandies. We are living in rough times, people. Not just in America, but the world over. Look at the application of Yankee Doodle Dandy in society. Anyone, it doesn't matter who you are, anyone who disagrees with the government elitist narrative is subject to ridicule. Mothers who are trying to protect their children from exposure to pornography and absolutely gross sexual perversion have come under scrutiny, are being accused of being irrational imbeciles, people who are interfering with the education of their own children. The assault against these mothers was so bad that they sicked the FBI on them. They were coming after them because they have to silence these people. Oh yes, something is going on in America and it gravely concerns me. We have parents who are being attacked physically and verbally by the Marxist faction for not accepting critical race theory. Even a soldier going into the military to defend the Constitution, to defend our free republic, are exposed to all kinds of propaganda, regardless of what has been ruled so far, uh, critical race theory has been seriously challenged. And to some extent, we have had successes. But don't think for one minute that they are letting up. Don't think that they are not pushing their agenda. Because you, American citizen, you little Yankee doodle dandies might have a feather in your cap, but you certainly are not macaroni. You're nothing but trash. You are simply to listen to us and to obey us, to do what we say. I suppose even though Yankee Doodle Dandy, the tune was written perhaps in the 1700s, maybe sooner, but the spirit of Yankee Doodle Dandy both in its mockery and its shame and in its appeal to destroy the enemy, probably has been present forever. I mean, look back in Christian history. What about the application of Yankee doodle dandy in Christianity? Is it there? Of course it is. Notice that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a lowly donkey on that Palm Sunday. He wasn't riding a stallion. He was not coming in as the king of the Jews, riding a war horse on that Palm Sunday. The elite rulers of his day absolutely mocked him. And when they saw Jesus riding on a lowly donkey, I'm sure they were humming the tune. Yes, they considered the very savior of the world to be a Yankee doodle dandy. And despite this, Jesus gave us victory over sin and over Satan at the cross. The culmination of the history of mankind took place at the cross. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, America and the world and Every human being to ever live, and whoever did live, their lives were changed because something was restored. And what did God say to us first corinthians one twenty six For you see you're calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh, not many not many noble are called. You see, we are expected and we can be expected to be regarded as lowlifes in society in the eyes of man if you want to be used for God's purpose. And being used for God's purpose makes you an absolutely great American citizen. You have purpose and you will make America great again if you live according to God's rules because God ruled in America and God is the one who made America great in the first place. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. See, in a sense, what is happening there is the Yankee, da- Yankee Doodle Dandy tune is being played back and saying, yeah, you might think us to be fools according to your worldly wisdom, but perhaps we have a spirit in us That is yet capable of overcoming, of defeating evil. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And there are two types of wisdom there is human wisdom and there is heavenly wisdom. There is worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. But the wisdom from above is the wisdom that rightly divides the word of God and rightly applies it in our lives. When you have a nation full of those kind of people who, although imperfect, although they make mistakes every single day, although they are still sinners, yet they strive for the high standard, the high road, and that makes a nation extremely powerful and great. Remember that the last will be first and the first last. So if you are a genuine Christian, don't expect to be regarded as something more than the Savior himself. You will be regarded as a simpleton, an uneducated fool, perhaps, no matter what your education. If you even try to be otherwise, then maybe you're likely compromising your Christian faith. Doesn't the world regard Christians as Yankee Doodle Dandies? We are ridiculed for our beliefs. We are mocked for being out of step with the new Pharisees and Sadducees of our day. But through it all, whatever the application of ridicule and humiliation, it was this bunch of ragtags who won us our freedom. And freedom is once again seriously threatened in my opinion, more threatening than even in 1775 and 76. They are systematically taking our freedom away from us. And so right here in our own homeland, on our precious ground of the United States of America, we are faced with a very real threat of another very real conflict. Now that's recently been actually brought to light Yahoo News on October 31st, 2021, that was on Halloween. We have a, an article written that states almost one third of Republicans say they think violence may be necessary to solve the problems facing the United States, according to a new national survey by the nonprofit Public Religion Research Institute. P-R-R-I. Republicans, of all the Republicans, 30% surveyed felt that the only way that we are going to solve the problems we are now facing is through violence. Now, believe it or not, you might think that no Democrats would think that way, but 11% of Democrats actually felt the same way. And 17% of independents felt that violence was necessary to solve the problems that we face in America. Robert Jones, who is the CEO and founder of Public Religion Research Institute, described this finding as, quote, alarming. And he admitted, I've been doing this for a while, for decades, and it's not the kind of finding that a sociologist, a public opinion pollster that you're used to seeing, he was surprised by this 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 just totally blew his mind and notice the word that he chose violence yahoo news is a very liberal platform and this platform is very much a part of the problem that is causing a polarized america simply because of their severe biases because of their fake news that rains on all mainstream media platforms Evidence is never considered in their so-called fact-checking, and yes, they regard all conservatives as right-wing extremists, as wackos, as Yankee Doodle Dandies, and they consider evangelical Christians to be the actual biggest problem. Why are evangelical Christians considered the biggest problem? Because it is we who know the standard, perhaps. And maybe that's why they are doing all they can to do away with religion in America. Notice that religion is squelched in every communist country. Notice that the author of Yahoo News called out the conservatives for potential violence, not for a revolution, but potential violence. He says, some believe it might actually happen. Do you see the deception in all of this? Do you see the bias coming out? Haven't we already seen a whole lot of violence? And where has it come from? Look at how they are manipulating January 6th. What exactly happened on January 6th? What violence took place? The only violence, the only violence that happened was that a Capitol police officer killed an unarmed veteran, Ashley Babbitt, as she was peacefully walking in to the state capitol. Haven't we already seen violence with Antifa and BLM? They were the primary source of violent rebellion. This was a display of pure lawlessness that destroyed cities that killed police officers and many other innocent people destroyed businesses so that people could no longer maintain a livelihood. And were they punished for it? Was this raised as a concern for this violence? Look at cities like Chicago, where criminal thugs are never held accountable because police are being defunded to the point that there's just not enough of them to respond. And the police themselves are being accused of unnecessary violence. How would you like to be one of those police officers in one of these battle zones? And the left is concerned about potential violence? What about The violence that is taking place in the womb, where babies are being violently ripped apart, suctioned out, by whom? Peaceful protesters of life? Give me a break. Abortion is violent murder. It is taking human life without a just cause. It is squelching innocent human life. And how many Millions and millions of babies have been tortured and killed in the womb. And yet, these elite macaronis are afraid of you and I using violence. I can feel my blood pressure going up. Well, I would agree. This is concerning. I don't like violence. I didn't like the violence I saw on January 6th. I didn't like the violence I saw as our cities were burning under lawlessness, lawless thieves and thugs. I don't like the violence that I see in cities where crime is never punished, yet at the same time, we are threatened with having our guns taken away from us so that we can also be victims without a hope of a chance of protecting ourselves. Oh, I agree. The concern of violence is real, and I don't like violence, but it's just what you'd expect under the circumstances. Is it not? And yet, how much violence have we really seen? Not a whole lot, at least not yet. I believe I saw my first COVID patient In late October of 2019, now look at what has happened to our country since then. We have been repeatedly and thoroughly preyed upon by the macaronis who ridicule us for daring to challenge their goals of making the world a better place. How? By saving us from the pandemic that they caused. By giving us a vaccine that they made that makes them rich, a vaccine that only they themselves are exempt from taking. Why would they seek exemptions? Why would they be exempt from taking the jab when they're forcing it upon all of us? It is definitely a concerning prospect that we may be facing a revolutionary war. Why? Because law and order cease to exist in America. The government is not doing its job. People have absolutely no confidence in our corrupt government agencies, supposedly led by a demented, evil, puppet president. What government agencies do you have confidence in? The FBI, the CIA? Do you trust the CDC or the NIH? Do you trust any Democrats? Can any Democrats be trusted? And let's face it, how many Republicans can be trusted in this day and age? How many Republicans have not compromised the Constitution of the United States? Remember, all of these government officials supposedly work for us and take an oath to defend the Constitution. Oh, yes, something is very wrong in America. Unfortunately, when we abandoned God, we abandoned the Christian standard that America became, uh, that, that made America such a good nation. We were such a free nation because we were good. We were esteemed in the world, and people wanted what we had because we were righteous. And without a standard, people go astray very, very quickly. A rogue government has already stolen our free republic. It has already happened. It is history. And we, the people, want it back. Will we get it back by honest elections? Is that what's worrying the liberal left? Are they afraid that as they steal our elections, we might finally decide that there's no other option but violence, since that's what they want to call it? How will we get back our freedom? Will freedom be restored by appealing to a failed Supreme Court that does not even uphold the Constitution? Yes, I'm disappointed in those who were recently appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. They have not done their job before God. They will be held accountable. Oppression and coercion of the people against their will is on the rise. Things are getting worse, not better. And as I have said, things will continue to escalate. We are in trouble. By the time the 2020, 22 elections come around, we're actually going to see what this country is made of. One side or the other will be seeing Yankee Doodle Dandy as a victory song. The fate of our nation is still in our hands right now. You and I can make a difference. We will decide the fate of America. No, it won't be God because God has handed it to us. God has given us everything that we need. The Bible is complete. The record is finished. Nothing can be added to or taken away from it. We have a perfect standard. It is up to us whether or not we will choose to make that the standard once again of our land. If election integrity can be restored, then perhaps freedom will be restored. Everyone knows this. The Dems know it. And that's what they are fighting against. And if the values of Christianity cannot be restored to America, then it's all moot. Then God will not be able to help us. He will not help us. He will likely let us wallow in what we have chosen. A free republic is dependent on the Christian way, period. So, If you don't want violence left, consider reading the Bible. Consider repenting and turning back to God. If you on the right, the conservatives, really believe in something, then take a stand for it and live by that standard. Because if we reject God, no human being, including President Donald Trump, will save America. Ultimately, we will be doomed. I hope that you will join me in prayer as we petition God to bring us back to him, as we petition God to make America great again, knowing from whence that greatness came. Perhaps we should be thinking up some tunes for new stanzas of the Yankee Doodle Dandy tune. Could you do that? If you can think of any, um, please feel free to email me through America Out Loud. I'd love to hear some great tunes and maybe I will get it out there um, on social media. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise and that's what my story is about, being one, being unified without any compromise of God's Christian standard. Please join me this week and be the best American you can be. Be the best Christian you can be. Open your Bible and read it daily, and you will make a difference in this world. May America thrive. May we live for Jesus Christ. See you next week. Adieu.